Good morning, prayer warriors. Hope you're just having a blessed day. And uh, it is just so amazing to be here just for a few minutes with you. And let's go ahead and just open quickly in prayer. Our Lord, just be with us. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let us be baptized and just filled with your love. And Lord, let us always come to you in prayer just to talk, just to seek wisdom and guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. So anyway, hey, we're still in the book of Acts, and, and Luke is, is compiling more information and just taking us down this amazing road, and what we've seen is this a miracle of a conversion um, back there in the early part of chapter 9 of, of Saul, who is Paul, on the road to Damascus, and, and we've seen Saul praying on his knees in his house in Damascus, and he was really there about three years before he came back to Jerusalem. And hey, the boys of Jerusalem are just going, whoa, dude, you know, we believe in transformation, but we're, I'm not sure we believe in this. So as you kind of read ahead there in the book of Acts chapter 9, take a look at that. Now, as a result of all of this, and over this time period though, um, if you take a look at 931, it's kind of interesting. It, it says, then the churches throughout all Judea, which is, is down there in the southern part of, of Israel and the Galilee up there in the northern part and Samaria kind of in between had peace and were edified. And walking in fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. And so this, the way the early church is, is getting out there and just doing some amazing things. We're going to come, touch on a couple of those amazing things because here it comes, you know, starting in, in verse 32 in chapter 9, um, it, it switches over and it's starting to focus on Peter. Um, and remember, Peter, before, you know, he denied Christ three times, and he was kind of a, you know, foul-mouthed fisherman for all those times. And um, so, you know, but it was this another miraculous conversion. And as Peter matures in his faith, um, we see that, and we can kind of, wow, same thing can happen in our lives as we grow and we pray, um, and the Holy Spirit guides us even more. We become more mature in our, our Christian walk. And so we kind of start there in verse 32 in chapter 9. It says, it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country. So Peter is traveling around sharing God's word, and he came to Lydda or Lydia or Lod. And really, that's just, it, it's a town almost to, it's just southeast of where present-day Tel Aviv is, or about 40 kilometers to 25 miles northwest of Jerusalem. So if you take a look at Jerusalem, even nowadays, if you, you're heading out towards Ben-Gurion Airport there in Tel Aviv to fly out of Israel, um, it's on the road. It's out there on off of Highway 1 and 6, um, just right there on the edge. So you, you pass through this area. So you've come down off of the hill and the mountain that ridge up there in Jerusalem. You're coming down to the lower area, the coastal areas. And so Peter is, is in this, and he finds Ananias, who's been bedridden for eight years, was paralyzed. Um, and Peter said, Ananias, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then the guy jumps up, and he arose, and everyone who dwelt in that small city in the city next to it saw this guy and what they do they turn to the lord they turn to god here's four quick little verses that peter does this miracle and what happens well people go wow this is amazing this jesus is for real and he's working through this guy peter um back here in the early church and they came to believe as well 
So the fields were ripe for the harvest, weren't they? And that's what we have to look at. The fields today are ripe for the harvest too. We just have to look and ask and pray, God, what do you want me to do today? Because the the next seven verses right there talk about this amazing young woman. um, And and it doesn't say anything about it. It just says, just like the previous one, it just gives a name. And in fact, this one, this young woman in the next seven verses here in chapter 9 has two names. She's got one in Aramaic, um, which is Tabitha, beautiful name, and in Greek, which it also is Dorcas. And, and, it, and Luke uses both of these interchangeably almost, and, and it means deer or gazelle. Um, and it's just a beautiful animal. And it really, kind of a side note, if you take a look at all of the history and uh, of names throughout the Bible, there's only over 100 people, 100 names um, in there that have some relationship to an animal. So they, they, you know, they kind of take a look at those things and as they, they wrote, especially in the Old Testament. So here it is. Um, Peter has moved to Joppa. It's out there on the coast. It's right there next to Tel Aviv on the coast, a big seaport at the time. Sometimes it's referred to as Jaffa these days. Um, And this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds. So she was taking care of the widows in that area. She was sewing them clothes. Um, And it doesn't say if she was married or had kids or was rich or poor or even where she's from. It's just where she was living and what she was doing for the community. She had a heart. She was a Christian woman. She was had a heart for others, and she was giving of her time and her talents and her treasures to others. And But suddenly she got sick and died. And unlike in the other parts of the Bible, in Jewish times and culture, they will bury you by that evening. But what did they do to Tabitha? They carried her into the upper room and she, they laid her out. And well, here's Peter. He's just up the road a little ways. He's about 15 kilometers, about nine miles away. Um, so he goes over there and, and because two men had come to him and said, hey, we need your prayers. So if you skip down um, to 39, um, Peter arose, went with them. When he'd come, they brought him to the upper room. So Peter's now in this upper room. Tabitha's laid out. She's dead. Um, and all of the widows stood by him weeping. So he's surrounded in this small room, uh, multi-level home, and he's, they're showing him the tunics and the garments what, that Dorca had made, just saying this was a true woman of God. She gave her time and talents and treasures to the community. But if you go down here to verse 40, Peter put them all out. He said, leave me alone. Leave us alone. And he knelt down, and what did he do? He prayed. So here's Peter in this upper room. It's just him, Tabitha, and God. He's talking to God. He's praying on his knees. And he's not putting hands on Tabitha or anything. So then he turns to the body. On his knees, he turns to Tabitha. 
He's praying, and he says two words, Tabitha, arise. So God has just poured the Holy Spirit into him. God has a plan. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. So here's Peter on his knees praying. Here's Tabitha sitting up now. She's been dead. Then he gave her his hand, lifted her up. And when he called out to the saints, the other Christian men and the widows, he presented her alive. Wow. Absolutely incredible. The power of prayer. God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart. Because then what happens, and it became known throughout all of Joppa, and what again happened? And many believed on the Lord. So they're seeing miracles. They're seeing God working through these guys, these early disciples. God is at work in our lives as well. God's working through many of us. And I want him to work through each of us in prayer. Just as Peter was on his knees, we need to be on our knees every day. Study God's word for a couple of minutes and pray. God will produce miracles in our lives just as he he accepts us into his kingdom. That's a miracle in and of itself. So brothers and sisters in Christ, prayer warriors out there, just stay on our knees. That's where we need to be, just as Peter was for the young man and for Tabitha. In Jesus' name, we pray this week. Amen. Thank you, and have an amazing day.